Hello, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and I'm just taking a moment here to feel a little bit of gratitude, give a little bit of thanks that I get to make my living educating people about transformative biohacking tools and technologies. I really am quite fortunate that things worked out that way. And I have the type of biohacking tools and technologies that I'm going to talk about to thank for it. So in this Q&A podcast, I've got five questions from five guys. I assume based upon based upon their handles. First of all, I heard from Daniel and he said, I just finished watching your Paracetam Decoded video on YouTube and had a few questions that I was hoping you could help me with. I'm a stutter, I have a stutter, and wanted to know if in your research you ever came across any studies that involved Paracetam being tested on stutters. I found a very interesting study, but it was performed on a group of stroke sufferers. Also in your video, you mentioned how Paracetam helps to improve blood flow. I tend to suffer from cold hands and feet, not quite to the same extent as having Renaud's syndrome. I wanted to know if it would help with that as well. So if you haven't tried Paracetam yet, you definitely, definitely should. Because yes, there was that one study that mentioned it being helpful for stutterers, but it's a little bit of a confounding piece of information, right? It's kind of hard to say whether it helped the underlying stuttering issue or if it was just that you know those people had a significant cognitive deficit as a result as a result of the stroke and that it alleviated that to an extent I did some more searching and I couldn't find any real solid evidence that said that it was a cure for stuttering other than on the biohacker forums, I ran across a significant number of people that said that it was pretty helpful, or they listed racetams in general as being helpful for overcoming stuttering, for lessening it. So there's definitely enough evidence here to justify trying it. You know, it's, it's an extremely safe, smart drug to use. It's quite cheap almost everywhere you can get it with a money-back guarantee. You certainly can from the source that I recommend. So I would say go for it. It might help a lot, might not help at all. You need to give it a 10 to 14 day period of consecutive daily dosing to make sure that it's properly having its uh, enhancement effect on your unique neurobiology. But yeah, why why not try it how much would you how, how much would you give to get rid of your stutter right and there are some other things that you'd want to look at i also found a study 
that mentioned, it was a Russian study and it mentioned fenibut being helpful for stuttering. Which would make sense if we're going to go with the theory that a stutter is a manifestation of social anxiety. So I, I'd love to get on the phone with you and have a private consultation and you can tell me if you're, stutter, if you're a chronic stutterer or if you are an episodic stutterer that has it associated with events of high social anxiety, right? Because anything that would help with social anxiety would also help with a stutter if that's what was going on. So you'd want to take a look at the very detailed article that I put together called the Social Anxiety Protocol, where I listed out a number of different smart drugs and supplements that work on different aspects of our neurobiology that if they're a little bit out of whack can result in social anxiety. But you'd have to, you'd have to tell me if you have stuttering as purely a social anxiety issue or if it seems to be a, a chronic issue. If you even stutter when you're talking to your mom or your friend from high school. So it's worth a try. So talking about blood flow, so vinpocetine, you may want to try. Vinpocetine is a classic vasodilation agent that increases blood flow. Paracetam is also a vasodilation agent, although I think it's a better vasodilation agent than vinpocetine. Ginkgo biloba and pica milan are also things that will increase blood flow. And then you're going to want to look at your nitric oxide promoters. Those are going to help with vasodilation. So things like your beetroot juice. I, I actually make it a point now to order the salad every day at the cafe here local to me that has beetroot juice with it because it's such good stuff for you. And even things like capacin, which is the uh, active ingredient that makes chilies and a lot of spicy foods so spicy. That'll increase blood flow. So there's there's a couple of other things that, that you can definitely do. I would recommend if you're looking to spend your money on just a couple of things and you kind of have limited budget, go with paracetam and ginkgo biloba because they're both vasodilation agents that help with memory, that seem to help with verbal intelligence. And I ran into a couple of reports where people were saying that, yeah, paracetam and ginkgo together helped quite a bit with their stuttering. So that's what I would go with. And I link to a couple of those discussions on longevity, which, hey, if you're trying to get over this problem, you really want to read everything that there is on it. So check out their, their insights through those links that I will place on the show notes page for this podcast. Next up, we heard from Jason. And he said, what nootropics can you use safely if you've got elevated blood pressure? So I would assume that you'd want to go with non-stimulating uh, nootropics. That, and I honestly do not know that much about high blood pressure. So I'm wondering 
in this case, and I'm assuming uh, if you have high blood pressure, you know a little bit more about this. If something is a agent of vasodilation, which I was talking about with the previous guy, where it opens up blood veins so that more blood can flow, isn't that something that would lower the blood pressure uh, and at the same time have a nootropic effect because you have more blood being delivered to the brain? If that's the case, then something like paracetam or vinpocetine that I mentioned to the other guy would be uh, ginkgo biloba would be a good thing to try. If you're looking more for nootropics that are like strictly non-stimulatory, I would direct your attention to oxyracetam and aniracetam. These two are uh, really safe, really consistently performing cognitive enhancers that are fairly subtle. They don't really have a really strong noticeable effect, but they do make you a bit more focused, they improve your memory, and oxyracetam in particular improves your self-control. So you can check out my sources to those through the blog post that is attached to this podcast. Next, we heard from Jake said, hello, I, what do you think about stacking vinpocetine with supplements that increase dopamine and serotonin levels? L-tyrosine is the building block of dopamine. Macuna contains L-dopa, the precursor to dopamine. 5-HTP creates serotonin. I think L-theanine does too. They might help, but I would like an educated opinion before I try. I feel like I might be one of the people who gets depressed from vinpocetine, but I am intrigued by its potential benefits. P.S. Could you make a video about which nootropic you would take if you could take only one. Ooh, your first question is orders of magnitude easier than the second one. Yes, you're saying, okay, if the vinpocetine is going to retard the dopamine levels a little bit, can I take something else to just supplement those levels? Yeah, I don't see a problem with that. You can do tyrosine or phenylalanine. Those are two quite commonly used nootropics that people use to boost dopamine. What you'd want to do first, you want to conduct a proper biohacker experiment. So you'd want to take the vinpocetine in isolation as opposed to taking it in one of those stack products. Take it in isolation, see if you get the dopamine blues effect that I described, and then add in the add in the other things. Add in the uh, tyrosine or the L-phenylalanine and see if it picks you back up. And uh, luckily with vimpocetine, the dopamine blues that it induces seem to be uh, pretty consistent with dose. And the high, the dosage range on vimpocetine is actually pretty low. The high is like 45 milligrams, and then the low is like 10 milligrams. So you could conceivably, you know, if, if you feel like vinpocetine is gonna benefit you, and I was just not that impressed with the benefits of it, taking a look at the science that had been done on it, you could do like 10 of vinpocetine and then like a gram of tyrosine. For example, tyrosine you can take in 
higher, higher amounts, right? And that might be a great stack for you. Go ahead and try it out. Oh, and you said, which nootropic, if I had to choose <clears throat> just one, boy, right now I would kill for a little bit of pharmaceutical grade, high quality nicotine. But if I had to choose uh, to take just one, well, I, can I say my own? Can I say Kabaijo? Because that's that's my very favorite one. I worked for two years to create a formula that has a really balanced effect of uplifting and enhancing the kind of two sides of my personality, which is like the really social side and then the, the side of my personality that solves complex technical problems and Kabaijo as a formula seems to do a really great job for both myself and a lot of the other people that have used it. So, but if I, I feel like you're asking me to narrow down to a particular, a particular ingredient. You know, I was thinking about it the other day if I was transported back in time randomly and I had no access, there was no biohacking whatsoever. I was just like a person stranded somewhere in Europe or Asia and, you know, uh, a much less civilized period. And I think what I would do is I'd want to get my hands on rhodiola. I actually, I think what I would do is I'd become like a rhodiola dealer. I would, I would go into that business because rhodiola is, it's such a great health product and it does, it, 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 uplifts your mood, it does all these awesome anti-aging things. So I think, yeah, I, th I think if I was gonna just have to live with one thing and I had no access to any other biohacking technology, probably go with rhodiola. Next, we heard from Yusef who said, do you know anything that can get you into a calm state except for meditation, L-theanine, and a high dose, dose of kratom? So dual NBAC gets you into a quite calm, focused state because it requires 100% of your attention on the task that's directly in front of you at the moment. Any petty little thoughts and concerns that you have, those have to go away because you have to focus all of your attention on what you're doing in the little dual NBAC game. So that would help. People talk about kava also. I have not tried kava yet, but a lot of people say that it's a relaxing thing. People talk about it actually being a little bit of a social experience because it removes some inhibitions, calm state. So you could also use phenibut. Let me add that. Actually, phenibut is, why didn't I put that first? Phenibut is a pretty infamous uh, molecule for making you real calm and relaxed. And then you could also do things like yoga, stretching, profound breathing. So yeah, there's, there's quite a few options if you are not into meditation, L-theanine, or kratom. And then we heard finally from Jack on Twitter. No, not Jack, the CEO of Twitter. I wish, another Jack on Twitter. And he said, why is Rhodiola rosea so popular in smart drug stacks? 
thoughts on this? So Rhodiola rosea, it is a great, great nootropic. It does everything, it does many of the things that we want a nootropic to do. It gives us energy and pep. It uplifts the mood. It helps our stress response. It does a lot of different things that we want in nootropics. And so obviously the people that are creating these smart drug stacks, they want to put something in them that can accomplish a lot of what people are looking for out of them very, very cost effectively. And rhodiola rosea, because it's a, a natural thing from the natural world, it's not patented, it can be purchased very, very cheaply. Sometimes I'll have these uh, vendors, a lot of times people from China, who are offering me like a, a drum of something like rhodiola. And I'm like, wow, the, the, the price for a drum of this stuff, for a lot of this stuff is really, really cheap. And often, often that is because they are using a really low quality supply. You know, when you're talking about an herb that is grown, there's a really wide spectrum that on one end you have like monks who are doing loving kindness meditation all day, thinking about you, the dear customer, while they are tending a Zen garden next to a monastery on the side of a mountain. And they're producing just the primo primo stuff for you. And then on the other end of this spectrum are gonna be these massive farms that are throwing every single type of hormone and stimulant and uh, crazy technology and uh, they've got they've got robots doing their uh, sorting uh, their, their sorting processes and their quality is going to be really low and once they do actually have the product produced it's going to sit on store shelves uh, in a giant warehouse like out of the scene of Indiana Jones and the Lost Ark for like years and years and years. And then it's going to sit in a giant ship for months and months and months where the backwash exhaust of the engine is getting blown into the storage compartment and mixing with your rhodiola rosea. And then finally, that's going to be sold by some wholesaler to a vendor who's trying to make a quick buck and you really don't know if the rhodiola rosea that you're seeing in smart drug stacks is the former or the latter. And personally, I've consumed so many different smart drug stacks that ostensibly contained rhodiola rosea that had uh, not very overwhelming effects, nothing to write home about. And then I got organic rhodiola rosea that came with a third-party certificate of analysis from a uh, source that looked like there were like a family operation that really took a lot of pride in the products that they were selling. And I took that rhodiola rosea alone in a tea. And it was such a novel performance-enhancing 
experience. And that's really become a staple of my biohacker regimen at this point. So I, I think they include Rhodia larosia because it's so good, it can be so good. And they know that it has a good reputation. But I think a lot of times when you're consuming it in a multivitamin type format, I don't think you're getting anywhere close to the really wide range of benefits that you get out of that particular adaptogen. So that's the questions that I got today. If you've got a question, but it isn't something that you'd like broadcasted across the entire internet, go ahead and contact me at consultations at limitlessmindset.com and me and you can schedule a time to get on Skype and I can hear a little bit more thoroughly about the biohacking challenges and goals that you have and a lot of times I can make some really nuanced recommendations. Again, my name is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. As always, looking forward to a continued conversation with you. Legal notices. If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset Podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.